feels like heaven and it never lasts Don't overreact, though Been trying to move forward while facing the past Like a backstroke, you the theatrics Sometimes I think we're just actors Playing a part that we're casting Trying to find a new role Trying to find some control Why are you so serious now? We all could relax as long as you know how You might have forgotten, I wouldn't have blamed you Cause life got real stressful, I know how that happens Isn't life tragic? But isn't it beautiful too? Isn't it more than our moods? I guess we all make our own truth I guess we all make our own truth Straight from the grave to the glass My next guest is an up-and-coming producer and artist out of Chicago He's been producing for years, but only recently started to sing. In 2019, he released his debut single, Theatrics, which made it onto the NBA 2K21 soundtrack. It's my pleasure to introduce Noah Sims. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Noah Sims. Hey, thank you for having me, Blake. Of course. You know what's crazy? I just had on a guest like an hour ago, and he was also featured on uh, NBA 2K20, 2K21. No yeah, it was wild. Yeah. So uh, I'd love to hear your story on how you got into 2K21. Yeah, so um goes back to a friend of mine. I believe well my friend named joseph kb was working for united masters at the time and i was visiting new york i mean this was before theatrics even came out which was probably like uh, you know 2019 before it came out and um got in touch with my friend he showed me around the office and at the time he only knew me as a producer because i'd been producing since high school and this was a childhood friend who got the job and he was saying play me some music and i played him theatrics and he was like cool man who is that on that and i was like it's wow me, you know and he signed me up for united masters there got to hang out with him got to hang out in the office uh released the song through them a couple months later and uh that came out like november music video came out in january and i just get the email in april like hey we're interested in including you on the playlist or on the soundtrack so wow really cool moment for me it was the first song i ever put out with my own vocals on there and i have to assume like Shout out to KB. I'm sure it helps some. He never, you know, we never talked like, hey, I got you on, man. But uh, that was always my thoughts. And United Masters has treated me real well. And uh, once once we got the invite, it was like, yeah, let's do it. Well, that's dope. My my guest, his name's Javon Alexander, and he's only been making music for like two years. And uh, he put his single Mamba. I don't know if you've played 2K21 or if you've checked out the track listing or anything, but uh, his song is called Mamba Mentality. And he went through United Masters also, and there's like a thing there, like you can you can try to get your song onto the 2K21 soundtrack. So that's what he did. So it was cool that United Masters like facilitated all these artists. Yeah, I know they had a partnership with with 2K, and oh, I know okay. they also run with ESPN. So they were responsible for the soundtrack, and I thought it was really cool that they were um, encouraging artists like early, you know, early in their career, or trying to get a really cohesive soundtrack and. Uh, or comprehensive, I should say, because I know there was a lot of music, a lot of artists like myself who are fairly early in their career who got to get on the game, and it was really, really great experience. I've gotten to have friends come by and say like, "Hey, I heard you while I was playing the game the other night," you know. Wow. So that's always cool to hear. That's dope. And so United Masters is it like Distro Kid basically, or 
Yeah, it's um, it's a distribution company. Uh, I know Steve Stout started it, who's been like a, I, I'm sure, I guess you're familiar with him or not. Yeah, I know he's been involved in the music industry for a long time. Um, it's, I know they've had partnerships with companies like ESPN, like 2K, and, uh, you know, just almost like a different, it's hard, man. Distribution companies, I think at the end of the day, you're getting your music on Spotify or Apple or, you know, and yeah. I've also used DistroKid for my music as well. Got it. Um, but just obviously been felt treated well over there with the 2K placement. I've also had a couple guys that work there that I've gotten to be in touch with. Always been great people. And, uh, you know, just another option for artists to have as far as like getting some distribution out and getting their music to people. That's dope. So let's get into your background. You're from Chicago. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I'm born and raised here and um, started making music. My dad's a drummer and my mom works in classical music. So I was always around it. Wow. I started playing drums at like 14 or so and, you know, had some trouble practicing. You got to find a band and, uh, you know, stuck with it. And I can still, I've done a couple gigs the past year or two, but well, not the past year, but you know, recently. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was really where I started just making beats when I was in high school. Oh shit. So how old are you now? So I just turned 25 a couple weeks ago Hell yeah. on July 2nd. Um, yeah. I was, I was, my dog's having a good time back there. Sorry. About That's that. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The, been doing it i was i've been on ableton since 2012 so it's coming up on 10 years um did a summer program actually in new york city when i was about 15 spent like a month out there and it was like a music industry based thing really thankful i got the opportunity to go out there just like lived in the city and got to learn about uh record labels and publishing because i knew i was like had some interest in music you know Mm -hmm. and uh they they brought me to a place called dubspot in new york city which was a production training school also took me to Scratch Academy, which was a DJ school and like loved it and came back home that summer and was like, you know, they gave us two hour demos at the Dubspot Academy and I like snuck three of them out and like, <laughs> uh, uh, started working on DJing and I started that time and it was a really cool time to be in Chicago. Like it was 2012 when I started making music and got to uh, run into a bunch of cool people, make some friends that were in the industry or, you know, in the scene here and just uh had a great time with it wow do you still dj yes i do like i I haven't taken a gig in a while i'd like it was funny like my new year's eve uh going into 2019 going into 2019 i got to do a really cool show or you know got to do a fun new year's eve party but at the time i was thinking i wanted to focus more on my solo stuff so i'm you know I'm still around. I still got it. I just haven't been taking as many. I stopped taking gigs for a bit, and then everybody stopped taking gigs. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, this pandemic has been, this has been wild. So sorry about that. Yeah. I just I just did this um workshop a couple of weeks ago to learn how to use Ableton. Do you and um, something they used was this like MIDI board or something. That's with Ableton. Do you use that board as well? I forget what it's called. Ableton Push. Ableton right? Push. That shit was wild, and it's like yeah. hell expensive. It was like eight hundred bucks or more for one of those, and I was just using it's, it in a workshop. It looks so futuristic, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I personally don't. I have a friend of mine. I have a couple friends that use the Push, and it's just like it always like it's just it's just fun to mess around with. I haven't gotten to get too experienced with it, but Ableton, I just I. I'm a Ableton stan, man. I think that's the best 
option out there for just the uh, creative control with like your audio, with the different things you could do with sampling, with the just stuff you can mess with within its like built-in parameters. Like I could geek out on Ableton for a while. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's crazy because there's like no easy doll like right out the back or even film editing. Nothing's like, as soon as you open one of these programs for the first time, you're like, what the fuck is going on yeah. here? There's just so much. It's like shit. learning a language, you know? Yes. Uh, and I think the first one is the easiest. Um, or I mean, I'm sorry, obviously the first one is the hardest, but it gets easier yeah. as you get more familiar. Um, and I've like, I can like fumble around logic and I went to Columbia College down here for audio school. So I had to learn my Pro Tools. Um, but definitely stick with Ableton if ever I have the option. Oh, that's dope. So you actually have like a background in like college going, doing, did you do audio engineering or what'd you? Yeah. So my major is technically audio design and production. So it was real cool. Got to like, I uh, got to do, we have a full studio at the school. Um, wow. Did, got to track live bands, got to, uh, I mean, that was like the last semester. We got to do the cool shit at the end, of course, but right. really like, really, uh, digging into like the science of audio um getting into like the physics of it acoustics like we have like different departments in the major where some people went on to make like speakers some people like uh went on to like record orchestras so wow. a lot of like a cool a lot of cool stuff there so when people get like audio engineering degrees are there goals to get into like record labels after that or do they just use that for personal use so they can have their own company with it and learn i think Sorry, Dana. Oh, I think... no, I, I just rambled. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm doing the same. No, I think when you go for audio, uh, I'll, I'll always remember, dude, the head of the chair at the time on our freshman orientation is like, listen, guys, if you're here to like make beats and start a hip hop studio, you should go use your tuition money and start a studio and do it that way. Mm. Like, save yourself the money and time. And I remember being like, fuck, I'm here to make beats and start a hip hop studio. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think... I can't speak for every audio program. I know ours was a four year, you know, bachelor's of arts or whatever. And I think by the end of it, we had a lot of people that um, for their own reasons left the program early, whether they got a job doing what they wanted to do, like got in, got in wherever they were going. I think if you finish out the full program, it's oftentimes the people that are going to be doing the live sound at the venues that you're seeing artists on tour at, or they're doing commercial editing, video game design. Uh, it was something I learned from the program, just how much, there is to do in the audio industry mm -hmm. that's wild though so like what do you what do you have you used your uh, degree to do um not much <laughs> <laughs> but uh i think it helped me a lot with my own personal mixing i've like i've decided i prefer going to a professional when i'm mixing my own music to get an outside opinion and to uh get some expertise thrown onto my own thing like i'm a strong believer in collaboration you know uh, but with that said, we like, you know, we were really dialing in the sound of a kick drum on an analog board and really teaching, like it taught me what to look for in the waveform when we're auditing, we're editing audio and how to EQ, right. And that's where I found it like most applicable just in my own personal use with music. Yeah. I think that's good though. Like when an artist actually know, like, is going into the studio and actually knows what the producers and the engineers are doing, I yeah. feel like you make better music that way too. Cause you can actually add something versus like, you know what you're doing. I hope you don't screw me over. I hope everything sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And I think that's another thing, like just thinking about being an artist or a musician nowadays, it's like we do have a lot of uh, stuff we're capable of doing ourselves. And I think trying to do everything yourself can be a little overwhelming. And I think 
potentially not the best use of your time, honestly. I think it's good to focus on what you're really passionate about. But with that said, it's good to have a background in the recording process, in the in what it's like to make a beat. I think all those things are really helpful when you figure out what exactly your goal is for yourself, your brand, your art, your passion. Hell yeah. So how long have you been making like beats when you started singing? Um, I've been making, uh, my bad, shut up, but uh, I've been making, I've been, so I started making beats 2012. Um, I think I'd like, even back in the day when I was, uh, I'm so sorry. Give me one second. No worries. So made beats start in 2012. I think I was like, I'd even probably recorded on a friend or two sing in high school back in the day, but I was real self-conscious about it. Like wanted mm-hmm. to make sure like I was what I was saying or what I wanted to do, like that kind of blossomed later. Right. Um, so produced and DJed exclusively, I want to say to like 2016 or 2017. And at that point I started like, you know, I was trying to sing out melodies and play them on the piano. Cause I'm not, uh, I never really took piano classes and was trying to figure out my melodies and, found I was like singing some stuff and it was sounding all right, you know, and uh, had fun with the wordplay and was in studios with uh, singers and writers and rappers for years and really just kind of tried to soak in everything I was around and uh, apply it to myself. And yeah, like 2017 or so, I'd start, I'd start like humming some shit over a beat of mine. And then it turned into like four bars or eight bars. And then like a year later, I started showing my friends, like, what do you think? And got really positive reception. And by the time I released a song, I'd probably had, I mean, dozens made, probably five to ten, like, ready to go. Um, and just kind of started it out in November of 2019, the first release. Wow. So a question I've been asking, like, a lot of my like, artist friends, and it never really crossed my mind until recently, is that I guess a lot of artists actually don't know how to read music. But I feel like with your parents' background in music, do you know how to read music at least? or You would think, right? But No. <laughs> <laughs> uh i like i i can maybe some really basic stuff but i i do know some people that know how to read music and i couldn't wow. tell them that i know how to read music you know <laughs> there's levels to it for sure that's wild i wonder how does that happen how can you how can someone create music but not know how to read it like that's interesting yeah. i mean no i i hear you on that i think um just almost intuition wow. is that i mean that's i think that would be the start um i know how to play a couple of chords and I didn't like I've had experiences where I didn't realize I was playing in a particular key till I was around somebody but I just like fingered it out on the keyboard hmm. um I think like the people that are really making music and loving it and doing it I think there is like not to say this isn't with I don't know I think people that are making music and doing it well even if they don't know how to necessarily read it or do it classically you got to have something in you that's able to you know, bring that expression out. And right. oftentimes, I think, especially in this like modern day era with like, you know, I don't know if I'd be playing music if I mean, or making music if I didn't know how to like play a guitar or play an instrument, like, you know, right. 20 years ago, how would, what would you be doing? But like the capabilities we have as artists and creatives right now, with the technology in front of us, I think you have the opportunity to fuck up and try again and it's okay. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I agree with that. So tell me about the Chicago music scene. Like I, I was telling you before the interview, I've only had one group on, and that's Mother Nature, and they're pretty. They're doing, they're doing some pretty dope stuff. I think they're signed now. Oh yeah, they're signed. Fuck, I forget who they're signed to. I think it's like Closed, closed Sessions. sessions. Yes, yeah. they're signed to Closed Sessions. They just put out a project with Boathouse, which you said you knew him, which is yeah. dope. So tell me, like, 
your opinions of the Chicago scene and give me a rundown on it. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like I could be rambling for hours on it. <laughs> it's uh, really grateful to have grown up here. Big shout out to Boathouse and Mother Nature. Um, good, good people. Haven't gotten to meet Mother Nature yet, but Boathouse is me and him have known each other for some years. We have some stuff tucked away. Uh, great dude. Um, I think, man, it's it's deep to go into. I feel like there's been a couple eras of Chicago that have been really, you know, impactful. Like, you know, you think back of like Kanye and Common and Twista and Do or Die. Like there was certain, like that was like I think a phase. And I think I got to grow up as me being like 25. Like I was in, like when I was in high school, Chance showed up to our high school after the 10 Day album and wow. signing posters for kids. And um, there was, uh, I mean, like. I remember like bang by chief keith coming out and like <laughs> everyone knowing and then like a year after it was at six months to a year after chief keith was at house parties you end up seeing like the i don't like remix like it was wow. really uh super really cool time to be here and grow up in that era and i think it brought out like a, i think there was just a wave of creativity that kind of came about and we're still seeing i mean like also, it feels like Chicago is a big city, but it has a small town feel like you get to run into a lot of the people that are making music here, especially if you've uh, been doing it a while and even just beyond venues like I was at a thing uh, this past Sunday, I believe there's a website called these days, which is a you know news group here i guess like they're uh music media journalism and they started as a blog back in the day and they just hosted a barbecue that brought together like 20 25 different artists so like wow um solo sam who's a friend and a great rapper also is a great cook and was barbecuing for all of That's us dumb. and uh got you, you know you just get to i think there's efforts here in the community to try to foster something uh like chris classic he's another example of like they had a basketball get a game of basketball get together where they host had artists come through and just hoop together, you know. So I think there's really an effort here to try to build up creatives, at least that I'm seeing. That's dope. I think what song do I know by Solo Sam? I think it was with like fucking Michael Christmas or something. Oh yeah, they got one together. I love that song. Yeah, me solo. Um, my manager and good friend Alexi. Uh, there was well, there was like a group of six or seven of us. It was me, solo Sam, Daylight Tone, a Johnny Jones who I just had a song with, uh, Leo, and then a guy named Sean who's out of the video director. He's goes by Strip Mall with his brother. We all went to South by Southwest one year and like packed into a fucking two like one or two bedroom apartment. Like wow. <laughs> grown ass men. You know, we'd all have a round where we slept on the floor. But uh that was a exciting, great ass trip and really fostered some close friendships where we have a group chat that stems from that that is active like every day from three or four years later. That's dope. So like Chicago artists, do they usually stay in the community? Or are they are are they the type of artists that blow up in Chicago and then head to like LA or New York or Atlanta? I mean, I think it's, uh, it depends. I mean, I know I'm pretty sure Chance still lives here. And I think like there was, it's, I think it varies. You know, I think sometimes you're forced out of a city because there's a lack of opportunity. And I think some of the community, communal organizing stuff that we were just, uh, I was referencing earlier is trying to make that not a thing. Um, I think oftentimes you see people that have to end up leaving the city for other business opportunities or like, you know, there's, um, 
I mean, like, I feel like little Dirk moved to Atlanta. I know Chance had left and came back. I think uh, you get different artists who take different paths. Hmm. And I think it's important for anyone to be able to pursue an opportunity and make the most of their career, provide for their family, do what they love. And with that said, I think sometimes there does reach a ceiling here that is uh, certainly higher than most places in the country. Um, but you, that, you know, you can reach in L.A. or New York, you know. Wow. that's inter- So you, do you not feel that Chicago's recognized as a music scene? Like, I guess we have you have cool artists from there, but do you think they're ever talked about when you're in the same breath as like an L.A. Or, a, or even like a Detroit? I think absolutely. I think like as a scene, yes, but just like the industry infrastructure mm. of like those kind of major cities. And I think that's I think that's why you see people go to L.A. or New York from anywhere like um i'd like to say here i i believe that chicago itself is one of the most exciting and fun music scenes in the country and in the world um but i think there are certainly examples of people that you know sometimes there is more opportunity in another place and i don't even think that's against chicago or the artist i think that's just how it goes sometimes you know i got it so are there not there's not really any big record labels in chicago or um, I mean, I don't want to put down anyone like any music business. Not that I am. I think like right. you get your Universals and your Atlantic and your Sony's that are based in those cities. I think there's mm. plenty of examples like Closed Sessions is a Chicago-based label that's been okay. active here. I know Super Records is another one. S O O P E R that I think's put out a lot of cool music. Um, I think that there's certainly opportunities for sure here, and I would say to somebody like if if uh was giving suggestions i certainly wouldn't think it'd be the move to just like put out an ep and then go try to be in la you know (laughs) i think uh i think with anything especially if you love your city you 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 know do you do everything you can there like move if there's nothing no potential no more if you've done everything you know um but really take advantage of your community your friends your where you grew up and you know your environment Hell yeah. So are you the type of artist that goes to all these like local shows and connects with the local artists pretty well or? I, I like to think so. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm, I'm like to go to shows as often as I can. That's and... important because shows are here in Seattle, at least we've only been open for like maybe I think it's like three, three weeks now and there's shows are almost full force again. That's awesome. Um, I know I like, I just missed a show of a band called a duo called Iris Temple who are incredible. I've loved their live show. Um, but besides that one that I missed, unfortunately, I'm just feel like we're just starting to see flyers pop up for new shows here. We haven't really, I haven't seen too many people doing them yet. Mm-hmm. So are you more of like a hip hop based artist? Cause you're, you're doing singing now, but do you, is like hip hop, like your favorite genre to mess around with? Or? Yeah. I think like, you know, uh, I always have trouble trying to figure out how exactly to describe what I'm doing to somebody. (laughs) And I guess that's a common problem. But I think when I really think about how I made music, it was starting to make beats for friends of mine in high school. And I think with what I grew up listening to myself and what I was like, you know, DJing at hip hop shows over the years, being friends with rappers and hip hop artists, I think like that's always going to be really a foundation for me of how I make music. And, uh, think that it's it's just a part yeah i think it's a part of who i am in that regard do you think it's limiting when like a lot of rappers want like singers just to do hooks or like can a singer 
I feel like when 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 I when I'm think when I'm starting I'm starting to do like ciphers for like Seattle, uh-huh. and I'm thinking of include how I can include singers even, and then the first thing I think of is oh hooks, but is that limiting when people think of singers as just being like a hook person for their song? You know, I think that's something that is been happening for a long time and uh i think it depends on artist to artist or like what the environment is because um there's certain people where maybe they are like just such they can really belt out something that's undeniable and you got to have it on the hook it's like how can you not have this but i think if you give that person the space to you know give them an offer of like you know what do you want to do anything beyond just a hook or a bridge i think that's important as just collaborators and communicators Mm. um Cause I think you hear so often like, I dude, man, I just gotta get like, I gotta get some girl singing on this. That'll really put this over, you know? And it probably, it could, it might, but (laughs) what else could it do if you allowed her that space or allowed that singer that space? Wow. You know? Yeah. That's, that's good to think about for sure. So how have you gone about like building connections and your name up in Chicago? Cause you're, you have a management now. So that's, that's a pretty dope step to have, you know. A lot of thank you up and coming artists don't even have a management, but they might be connected to their scene. Right. I think I've been super grateful and fortunate to have just literally grown up around inspiring people. Like this kid KB who worked for United Masters and helped me get connected with them. We sat next to each other in sixth grade science class. Wow. <laughs> and like uh actually ironically, Alexi, my manager there, my current manager, also was like a close friend from middle school and uh he went to columbia as well went for the music business program i remember hearing him start talking about zoetic which is the company that manages me it also has four other artists on there they have a studio they have uh they do like music tips on their instagram so big shout out to them check out zoetic um but aside from those two examples i think it's really just been um being active in the community and like being excited to go to other people's shows like not trying to like spend you know i'm gonna pay 10 bucks for a friend's show to support it not just try to get in backstage or you know hang out a little bit longer at the if if you're if you're allowed the space like hang out in the studio lobby or like get lunch with the intern or whatever you know like i think that's the kind of stuff in general to say of like how to build those connections but myself personally i think it was just like growing up around kids who made music and hanging out with them and getting to see everyone grow up and then go to house parties together, go to studio sessions together, you know, just kind of rambling here. I don't know if I even answered the no, question. No, for sure. I, I, I get that. It doesn't, that's kind of cool because, well, also a lot of like the artists I've been working with in Seattle, they're like older artists. I guess I'm still trying to figure out, because um, I'm 20, so I'm still trying to figure out my era of music in gotcha. Seattle because first of all there's been covid so a lot of up-and-coming artists have no idea where to begin right but then so it's it's which i haven't really found people my age a lot of like i can one of my closer friends is probably like 23 but that's that's still like three years apart so there's yeah they've they've been part of this music scene for a long like let's say they started when they were 18 that's five years of being in the scene you know versus yeah. so i'm still trying to figure out what people in seattle with the newer generation of um artists in Seattle but that's cool to see that you can be like yeah I sat next to this kid in math class then we went to the same school for music and now we're we're part of this music community I don't feel like I haven't seen that at least yet maybe it's just for me I don't know like I don't really know much about 
these older Seattle artists if they went to school with each other or not. But it's cool that you can see that in your community. Yeah, and I think honestly, I feel like that was kind of a fortunate, unique scenario. I don't think that's everybody. And I feel for, I mean, I feel for being 20 and trying to figure shit out with like <laughs> this, everything that just happened. It's like, it's tough. But if you're already starting to see the shows happen, like you're three weeks in, those are going to be popping off more. And speaking for you personally, it seems like you're doing great stuff already. Thank you know, you. <laughs> and I think that's going to be, that's going to be magnetic. That's what's going to bring people around. And I think the people that are really, really into this and really mean it you know the ones that have that consistency are going to be there five years from now you find you you find each other yeah i i I agree with that so how is has covid affected your music or anything like that or yeah you know um it was it was i was gonna say it was a bummer but i feel like it's an (laughs) understatement it was like a global pandemic and i think just on one hand had to take back and step back and be like, it's not about like me trying to put out an EP or me trying to record, you know, um, when it hit, I had just started releasing music. I think I like put out my second song, like the first week of the shutdown or something. And we had just been starting to book shows and, uh, obviously reeled back on that, but it gave me a lot of time to really make some shit. Like I got, I got this off the first stimulus check and just started doing demos and, in my room uh updated my setup a little bit and then um just tried to use the time that i had to just like make as much as i could and like challenge myself to do something um you know just try to break out of my comfort zone with like beats i was trying to go over or like uh directions i would take in my own music making that's dope so is it a mixture of do you usually like record at home or do you have a studio like what is your process so i will um it's cool my roommate here is also a producer he actually helped produce the song theatrics that was on 2k um so he'll be making beats in his room i can i'll be making beats in mine like on you know on a good night when we're both on it (laughs) and uh i use this mic really if i just have like an idea that's like oh my god i have to get this out right now or if i'm doing uh if i'm starting a beat and i have a hook hit me or like some melody hit me like i really use this to like create stuff create music really get those initial ideas down write everything in get like a rough mix for myself to listen to and then i pick from that batch of demos to like okay let me take this to uh whatever studio take it to zoetic studio on it's called 700 green street so take it to green street or if i'm getting this mixed over at glass tree studio which is uh my friend leo is an engineer there and great studio there too there's a couple options uh like classic studios another good one soundscape studios another good one i think it just kind of depends which one you end up going to but basically i make these demos here and then take them to a studio okay yeah that's dope so do you have any cool things lined up now that the pandemic's hopefully slowing down i know we got (laughs) we got to worry about this this delta virus but hopefully right yeah um I really want to just focus on getting what I have. I've want to focus on getting things up more consistently. Um, got to spend a lot of time as I was just going over making some music during this, during this pandemic. And I've really been thoughtful and excited about each release, you know, put together a music video or uh, really tried to come up with a rollout. And I think a rollout obviously is important, but I'm looking forward to like, now that you can be outside, maybe get booked on a couple of shows, like just try to like get things out and, you know, just release some stuff. I think like me personally, I was sitting here trying to like come up with like a, like, I still am going to be thoughtful with my releases, but I think sometimes you get too caught up in your head about like, 
a vision that can't necessarily get actualized, which was the case this past year, you know, just with yeah. different setbacks of social distancing or this or that, you know, so gotten to get out some uh, music videos for each song and going to try to continue that, but also just release some of the music that I've had and go out and be with people and see the response for real. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we've all been missing this past year is just like getting to see that not even your homie like an acquaintance acquaintance just be like bop their head to your shit or you know like see the response of it in the aux cord or yeah. when you get to do it live like really excited to like have more of those like music-based human interactions yes human interactions that's what we all need <laughs> <laughs> just say it <laughs> that is very true i i feel like um it was cool with these like virtual shows but i don't think most people are going to be like, okay, things are opening up. Let's do these virtual shows just as a regular thing. Now, I don't think a lot of, of these virtual shows stuck around or, go, or, or are going to stick around. I'm fascinated to see how that goes because I think there's <laughs> certain things that you can't put back in the box. And I know like a lot of like office environments are sticking with remote. Mm. I personally will always want to be at a show, but I know like, do you remember like the stats on Dua Lipa's virtual show? Like, Oh, put, shit. It was something like she put in like a million dollars and earned back like three or something like that. Okay. I don't know. We'll be able to figure it out after this. I'll look it up. But yeah. I think like there are capabilities there of like maybe you want to see maybe somebody from Bumblefuck Nowhere wants to see their favorite artist performing somewhere. Like I could see the virtual stuff sticking oh, around okay. to some extent, but I think you can't beat real live music experiences. That's a good Absolutely. point though. Like, um, was that Travis Scott thing on fucking Fortnite? Was that during the was that during the pandemic? Yeah, that was. <laughs> I, that I actually was sad that my Fortnite wasn't updated for that. Like that seemed like that kind of shit is just really cool, you know. And uh, I don't know how many like I would like with that said, I'd rather see Travis Scott at the United Center than on Fortnite. <laughs> but those kind of options, those capabilities, like that's what I think. I think there's going to be certain aspects of what we had to do in necessity with COVID that will stick around as like opportunities. Yeah. So with Kanye being from, from not Ch Seattle, Chicago, <laughs> how do you feel about his new release about to drop in two days? I mean, it's just in my DNA to be excited about some Kanye West music. I don't know. I think like, it's interesting to see how he, uh, how his music progresses, how his album rollouts go. Um, I just started, I just found out like, it was just like a couple of days ago on Twitter. It's like, you see a track list all of a sudden and you're like, yeah, it's going to be in a, a super dome performance in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, that shit's cool. I'm going to be, I'm going to check it out. Like I'm, I'm excited for it. I hope there's a, they're trying to do something where it was like a live stream on Apple music. I don't have Apple music, so hopefully I can figure that out though. I want to see that live stream. I've, right. I've tuned in for the past Kid See Ghost and then the Yay album. I tuned in for those. Those are pretty That's dope. I missed both of those, and I uh, love Kids See Ghosts. I didn't dive into Yay enough, honestly. Um, but I don't have Apple Music either. I know some. I'm gonna bootleg somebody's Apple Music. Or somebody will have Apple Music that I can stream it on. Or hopefully some like random. Well, I want to be careful on like certain websites. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want a virus. But maybe some website will be like, actually, we have the live stream too. But yeah, I, I would not be surprised at all. Um, and I'm sure like. It's interesting to see how like 
events end up leaking like you know the boxing pay-per-views and oh, shit. Yeah, people yeah. always find a stream somewhere i am terrible at that shit but <laughs> i always have a friend that like makes me feel like a goofy for having spent the 70 dollars. <laughs> yeah like i'm not gonna spend whatever amount of money to see jake paul fight someone i don't or uh, logan yeah. paul i'm not really i'd rather watch watch the highlights honestly for that <laughs> i um, just went oh yeah like i wasn't at somebody's house who bought it <laughs> okay like with your, with your bunch uh, of friends i feel like that'd be fun but like I don't yeah know, that'd be a little i guess that'd be fun with friends I, I didn't even think about that i don't even know if anyone any of my friends were like yo you want to watch this bo- boxing fight there was several minute windows where it was you know <laughs> like, i think the first round or two it was like okay and then like by the end of it, it was like, oh, those fuckers got us, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, I think music's going to be, it's going to be crazy in the next, like all these festivals are coming back too. I hope those, yeah. I hope people actually get to go to those festivals. Like I'm telling, there's a chance, there's a chance that things could go back into lockdown. There's a, there's a chance. So imagine like all these festivals is taking all these people's money or having to refund them or whatever happens, you know? Right. No, I mean, we're having Lollapalooza next weekend. Which, oh, yeah. Dope. Man, I was such a Lala kid growing up. I think I went to Lollapalooza from like 2011 to 2018 every year. And uh, 19, I think I was working or something. And then 2020 happened. But this year, I'm just, uh, I like felt like a retiree almost. Like I didn't get the actual festival tickets, but I got tickets to see uh, Dominic Fike at the House of Blues as like an after show. Oh shit! Those are. I don't. Is there many big festivals in Seattle? There's Bumper Shoot, which is decent. That's at the Seattle Center, so that's where the Space Needle is. Okay. Um, then we have Capitol Hill Block Party. Um, I think one of the bigger artists that was there two years ago is like Lizzo. And then okay. Denzel Curry was supposed to come, but I think he dropped out. Um, but Capitol Hill Block Party, Bumper Shoot, and then we have re- really big venues like um, Key Arena, which just got changed to Climate Change Arena. <laughs> is, <laughs> that's Jeff Bezos right there doing that. Um, <laughs> but Key Arena, I'm gonna just I'm gonna keep calling it Key Arena for a while. I really like Key Do Arena. It. it sounds really better, but. Um, that's where like Kanye will perform. Kanye will pre- perform at like a key arena or like a Drake or a Justin Bieber will perform there. Right, right. And then we have Wamu, which is pretty big. And then we have two concerts called Showbox, like two concert venues that have the same name. They're just in different locations. So if you ever if you ever go to like a Seattle show, even people in Seattle, they'll always go to like there'll be like a handful of people that go to the wrong showbox and then you have to drive across town like twenty minutes to get to the other one. Especially during traffic, it's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. But um, yeah, I wish we had more festivals. I don't. I don't think we have big enough. Maybe if you're really tapped into festivals, but I don't think we have big enough festivals where someone's gonna f- fly from fucking Arkansas to be like, I waited all year for bumper shoot in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've only. I've only been to Chicago. We have like, I want to say four or five, like pretty cool festivals. Lollapalooza being like the biggest and yeah. like most mainstream. Um, but we have like four or five festivals a summer. Like I think of that North coast music festival. We have a pitchfork pitchforks music festival oh. here. Um, what else? There's riot fest, which is like the dope, like kind of like rock, more rock oriented ones. We have like, we have a good, we have some, oh, and Lyrical Lemonade. Oh, super, yeah. That's Summer Smash. 
man like shout out to lyrical as well they're always they've just been like good dudes like that's that's another like story of just like people who really came up around here like uh that's cool really was just blogging and doing videos and like uh was like just super in on on the streets with it you know what i mean or like you know like really hitting the street really making things happen and uh cool group cool people over there so shout out to them yeah so yeah. that's another festival coming up that's dope yeah i think oh also i think i think people will come out of town for like our edm shows for some reason seattle's yeah. huge into edm we have this one concert venue um in eastern washington called the gorge and it's basically like imagine throwing a rave at the grand canyon that's that's basically <laughs> it's, awesome. it's basically what it's like but um well, i feel like edm is pretty big on the west coast yeah because you just got to do drugs and don't have to, don't even have to know the music. You just fucking <laughs> vibe out. <laughs> That's what it's about, honestly. I was in San Francisco once, and uh, uh, my girlfriend's from out there, and I was visiting her and her friends, or visiting her friends with her. They took me to, like, an EDM show on, like, a Saturday night, and I was like, yo, this shit is nuts. Like, it was, like, a full packed-ass bar <laughs> club. With, like, I was like, damn, like, we have, like, EDM concerts occasionally. I'm sure we do. I'm sure I'm just not tapped in. But right. it was just like, oh fuck it, we got the. I don't know. It was interesting to see that scene. It was like, isn't it's cool? <laughs> isn't Alex Wiley from Chicago? Yes, he is. He had a he had a song with Hippie Sabotage. If you know who they are, it was an EDM. No. They're like an EDM group. They're dope. But um, those vibrations, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think that's what yeah. it's called. Um, Alex just moved to fucking Seattle. So, oh, no shit. so he's close to like some of my previous guests. Alex is dope. I haven't met him personally yet, but a lot of like he's like there's this one artist, up and coming artist from Seattle called Campana, and he has like a song or two with Campana, and like they work together and stuff. So that's pretty dope. I've gotten to meet him like once or twice. Always been real cool guy to me. He's a funny dude. Um, definitely like his music. I think, but you know, <laughs> that's that's I'm glad to say that honestly. Um, yeah, I think first time I met him, I was also a kid. He was, I was uh, got to, I was with him in a group called Hurt Everybody that were like we ended up in the studio together. And Hurt Everybody was like a really cool, you know, trio right there. It was Superboy, uh, Kari, and a producer by the name of Mulatto Beats. And they were like, oh, okay, Superboy is from Chicago too. I forgot. Yeah, you know, he was a guy like we were talking about like you know age difference. I was thinking about this like he is older like when i was a senior in high school i think he was like my age now and he was like to me and another friend or two like like we met each other through like i don't know shows like just one way or another met each other and he was just like super cool about letting like younger kids come into the studio that he thought were talented and uh like shout out to super for that i think that really helped me is like understand like I have a there's a couple people that work under Zoetic that are 18, 19, 20, and it's cool to get to be like, damn, I'm the dude who's 25 now. Like, let me tell you a little bit about wow. what I know, you know? Yeah. Dude, he has one of my favorite album covers. Um, the one where he has like the arrows in his back. Yeah. I forget the name of that album, but that was a crazy, that was a, that's a crazy album cover. I'd, I think I, I, I want to get that. Like, I don't have the poster, but I'd love to get the poster and have it like framed somewhere. I feel like that's, he went all in for that one. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You're not gonna be able to tell from the background, but uh, that picture right there <laughs> in the background. Uh, I had a producer project called Testament, which was like nine songs with different Chicago artists that came out in like 2015. Oh, send that to me, man. I want to check that oh, out. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, 
it was heard everybody was on there i'll i'll, I'll it up actually after the interview actually <laughs> but Hell yeah. heard everybody mc tree logan um kaina duo called moon and jew uh i sh- you know i shouldn't say everybody on there because i'm worried i'm gonna forget one person oh man <laughs> like, like you know nine songs different people there and the heard everybody song was one of the singles and it was a guy named abel or the artist who made the cover was named Abel Gray. They're also a really talented musician and they were doing, uh, Abel was doing like prints of his covers, of the covers and the song Hawaii that I produced for Heard Everybody was one of the prints. So I got to have a cover. The song I did was Supa and a couple other people hanging in framed in my room. That is so dope. That's yeah, man, wild. thank you. I've got like, the the Testament cover is actually right above you. This is like my music making setup. You got, I have like my keyboard right here, my speakers right here, and the mic here. So I've got my the album cover up there, and then the theatrics cover right there. Hawaii is over there, and then that Bugatti one in the middle is just nothing. I have to like, it was, it's a cool poster, but <laughs> definitely love the idea of getting some physical, like even if it's just printed out iPhone picture, having something like physical that you're doing it's, it's an awesome thing yeah I think guys get like framed pictures or posters and then girls get those fucking like tapestries and LED lights and shit <laughs> indeed <laughs> I can never do one of those fucking things if my life depended on it just put rope and string together no they thanks just frame an iPhone picture <laughs> <laughs> that's hard <laughs> there we go well, Noah Sims, what's some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists, curators, influencers? Stay true to yourself. Do what you want to do. You're not going to, I mean, that's what's going to be the most powerful thing that you create. Uh, don't be afraid to, if, you know, you're when you're making what you make, I feel like that's a form of self-discovery in itself. Uh, trust the process, trust your intuition, and do what you're meant to do. Just create. Hell yeah. And what is the easiest way for people to reach you? Um, probably, I would say Instagram, um, which is Noah Sims underscore 17. I hope I'm not messing that up. But <laughs> Instagram, uh, that's like I, that's probably the one I'm most active on. And yeah, I would say Instagram. There we go. This is the NAS podcast with... Noah Sims, thank you so much.